I see you standing there smiling and you always have your hands outstretched telling me that you're here for me, but I never respond. It's so easy to just say, please help me, but I can't, I can't do it. I want to do it, but something stops me. It's like there are clamps over my mouth, keeping me from doing the one thing I know is good for me, talking about what's on my mind. I, I just, I just feel like I'm in a whirlpool and I keep getting sucked towards the bottom and I can see all the ships and they're destroyed and they're jutting out of the water and there's rocks and I'm scared but I can't do anything about it my thoughts are as turbulent as a river after a rainstorm I want to tell you that I'm sorry because inherently that's what I think I deserve to say or that I'm supposed to say even know if I did anything wrong. Look, this is mostly nonsense, but at the end of the day, I just need help. Please help. Mighty Nice People is a show about just that. People. We are fragile and oftentimes wrong. With that in mind, take our advice with a grain of salt. We're not experts and we are far from life coaches, although I do coach CrossFit. If you're hurting, highly encourage you to contact a qualified professional, not two neurotic sad boys with a pension for pimps. Now with that out of the way, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Mighty Nice People, if you want. Hello everybody and welcome to Mighty Nice People, episode <laughs> three, baby. Woo! Dylan. Hi. Truly, truly beautiful. Thank you. Um, pros there, my friend. I um, I am Pat Long, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host Dylan Davis. Yes, and we are we we happen to be mighty nice people, mm-hmm. or at least we're trying to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, that's yeah, what the is, ads say. That that's what the uh, that's what the te- the the man on the television keeps uh-huh. saying. We bought out all those ads on cable before we realized it wasn't really where the money in podcasting was. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we we also put a bunch of ads in the newspaper. <laughs> we, we put them in the peddler. <laughs> yeah, we got we got one of those um, one of those newsy boys uh-huh. on the corner to be like, oi, that's a <laughs> Extra, extra. I guess they're American because they're in <laughs> no, America. No, but they're Dickensian waifs. Even <laughs> got you, got you. <laughs> even in even in Long Island. Extra, extra, extra. There's two dudes of the the sad. Listen to them talk about being nice and whatnot on <laughs> on anchor or, or spot whatever you're using on uh, telegraph other... uh, phonographs. They got they got phonographs Pel- on Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. if we played this show while someone was trying to ride a bike for 14 miles? I was going to say, imagine biking to this show. <laughs> I'd fall asleep. I'd fall off my bike. Um, I'd, I'd feel good, but I'd also... I wouldn't feel like I had reached the intensity levels I needed to reach. <laughs> Here, let's, let's get away. Come on, come on, go, come on. Come on, We're you good. got this. Hey, come on, watch, bike up the- watch out for that mongoose. Oh, oh, it's got your back <laughs> no, tire. No, it's like the mongoose in my brain. If we're thinking about the last episode. Um, yes, welcome to My Nice People episode three. Um, we have a question today, Dylan. That, you know me, I love um, questions. I, I've i been getting the general sense that you do. I'm a big um, fan. Everybody says, don't ask questions. And I'm like, no, you have to. I'm like, to learn info. Yeah, that's me. I'm like, hey, you say don't ask questions. I say, you know do tomato oh okay oh uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for sure dude. <laughs> yeah for sure dude yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure that was a good joke dad all right <laughs> nice one grandpa uh um, oh, does that come with suspenders <laughs> <laughs> does that come with pants that go all the way up to your nipples <laughs> that's what old dudes be wearing dude does that come with yeah. a sense of entitlement what is that <laughs> oh no all right before we get too dicey here all right, all right um the question is dylan okay how do you reach out for help 
Oh, how do you reach out for help? How do you reach out for help? This one is a um, a sad one because yeah, I I find that if we have questions that <laughs> are more sad, we tend to have a more uplifting conversation. I think at times. so, or maybe maybe just a more I don't know nuanced. You, maybe uh, tell me if, tell me if you're like this. I'm the kind of person that I sad songs make me feel happy. Oh my god, my favorite songs. I will show yeah. my wife songs that i like and i'm like this song made me think of you and i'm so excited and it's so good and i can feel it in my bones and she's like <laughs> you feel i make you feel like death pushing <laughs> flowers up from under the loam i was like yeah Dude. but like do you hear the beautiful instrumentation and the droning melody oh it's just oh, amazing <laughs> gorgeous no i know uh, sad songs are my favorite songs and sad yeah. questions are my favorite questions. They're um, mine too. I think you get the most hope out of them. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, for actually, that's a really good point, Dylan. Um, oh, thank you. How do you reach out for help? Um, this question, um, you can kind of break it down uh -huh. into some categories of like, or different questions, which I think is kind of right. the way to kind of go about answering questions is like, how do you reach out for help? Well, step one is, I think, recognizing you do need help. Yes, that's a big one. And that can that take might years, be the biggest, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, like you some can people say never it. realize it. No, absolutely. <laughs> like you can say you need help. And yeah. internally, you can think I need help. And you can um, let it rest in your bones and let it marinate. But you'll, you'll not say something out loud for whatever reason. I think sometimes when you don't say you need help, even when you know you do, it's because you're comfortable in what you're doing. Oh, like, my God. Even if it's I, wrong. <laughs> I hate – I really actually do hate to quote uh, like the 2000 – it was like 2010 or 2011 uh -huh. or something – hit song somebody that i used to know oh god i just like it it's fine but that it's line it's a sad song but you, it's good you can get addicted to a certain kind of sadness you can you absolutely can that's so true misery I, um, misery is so much more comfortable than joy because joy is um scary it's fleeting it's fleeting yeah it's scary it because you don't know what it's gonna leave quickly. yeah yeah exactly S sadness is like a comfortable oh, uh, oh comfortable such load. a warm wet blanket sadness is oh. <laughs> it is kind of like a wet blanket just yeah. drape it on your shoulders sit down eat too much yeah. food listen i will tell you first admitting you need help is very good then when you admit you need help to yourself you have to then externalize it to someone you yes. trust because yes. if you can't trust somebody to help you then you're not gonna get anywhere i don't think personally i've always said depression is like a is like sitting in a hot shower oh if oh yes because you because you you sit there long enough it feels great mm -hmm. super warm you know mm -hmm. you're steaming your nasal passages mm. but also if you're sitting in that a shower you're probably not at soul yeah if you're sitting in that shower though you're probably not getting clean and yeah. your fingers are getting all pruney uh -huh. and your it's actually really bad for your skin oh yeah it dries it out doesn't it weirdly yeah it does yeah. it's like really bad for your skin so it's like that's what like depression is it's yeah. just like it's this comfortable it's warm at the time you know you don't notice that. What else is depression <laughs> like? Depression is like, depression is like, uh, it's like, uh, I never knew before I, before I, before. So like when, right. whenever that, that Gautier yeah. line, you know, came out, I was like, you know, fucking like 11 or something right. like that. <laughs> oh my God. This is the age difference that will always I know. This me. is where I was like, where everyone's 16. like, Oh my God. <laughs> Pat's a baby. <laughs> That's a little Pets a little babies. They've never experienced anything ever in their entire lives. S swaddle them in a cardigan and take them to a pack I sun. Know. Oh my, oh my god. god. A pack sun. <laughs> They're closed. <laughs> they are. That's my cry um, for help. I don't know where else to get skate clothes. I do. Zoomies. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um <laughs> I was going to say that before that's or when that song first came out, I never understood that. Right. Line. I, I was just like, you know what? Fuck. What the fuck does that mean? Mm -hmm. um, but now as an adult who suffers from depression mm -hmm. and anxiety um, and has has since um, junior year of yeah. high school, no, sophomore year of high school, um, pretty severely, too. Mm -hmm. um, it's so unbelievably true how easy it is to just I think I think depression is in and of itself like 
an addictive thing because it's like, (laughs) like you don't have to feel anything. No, you really don't. People think depression. I think people, I think the conception that I had when I was younger is that when you, when you get depression, you're just sad all the time. Oh boy. You run the gamut. You run the gamut. Really? In a way it's like, yeah, I'm not sad at all because I'm not feeling jack shit. (laughs) Yeah. When it, when it started, (laughs) I felt everything negative and then I decided that was too much. So I just shoved them so far deep inside where it's like yeah. I'm walking through a haze. You become uh, desensitized, yeah. too. It's like a numbness. It's like walking through Tennessee in the summer. It's humid. And <laughs> you just have to tune it out, Yeah, you dude. just have to tune out the humidity. <laughs> That's the perfect analogy. It's literally, yeah, it's like Tennessee or even like Florida in yeah. the summer. It's like, you I'm conv- trying not to have a panic attack because of how hot it is. I didn't I know the air could be this hot and this wet outside. I didn't know air could be wet. <laughs> I went you didn't outside. Know that you could fit two cups of water into every square foot. I didn't know I could wring out my skin and get an ocean's <laughs> worth of salt water. I didn't know that was possible. That's such a good. That's the best analogy. That's <laughs> well, just the you. best. I um, no, that's very true. And I think that that's like why I think reaching out for or fi- I, before even reaching out, realizing yeah, you need help. That's step is one. so hard. Because yeah. I think the human brain, like this is again. Like, we say it in the disclaimer, we're not mental health professionals at all. Right. Um, but I think there's definitely something true to me, at least, where, like, my brain will do everything in its power to convince me that my my feelings and that my hardships are, yeah. like, not nearly as oh. important as they might feel. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know if you get that, you, like, you, like ga- you gaslight yourself. You, yes, you I gaslight do. yourself. Your problems are not that big. Come on, compared to the world, you have nothing going on that's worth complaining about. Exactly, dude. But let me let me uh, let me give you an so example from my life, just to let you know. So, I don't. I have not been treated for this, but I have lived with it long enough to recognize it as a disorder. And again, yeah. not a health professional, just an astute observer of one individual human experience which is mine (laughs) and i have struggled since i were i were a wee a wee wee coo and babe i have struggled (laughs) with uh that's me that's me (laughs) that's That's the baby noise uh section of the Uh podcast thank you for tuning in to look who's talking also a fan cast of the movie look who's talking uh but uh Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. I like jokes. It helps. Uh, I don't want to take you off no. your point, though, because that will happen. It won't. No, it's fine. Uh, 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 oh, shit. I broke. All right. <laughs> I told you, uh, bitch. The needle is skipping. Someone clean the record. I don't know how you make needles stop skipping. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I've struggled with food ever since I was a little kid. Oh, my um, God, dude. We're about to get into some Yeah, right I here. knew I was going to open this can of worms early as soon as we did this. Uh, there's a lot of different things we could talk about, but this one is probably the, the most continually invasive in my life. So I, we're both Southern-raised folk. Uh, food plays a dominant role in most social gathern, gatherings. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I spelled that weird. Did you hear me say that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was like gather and gatherns. Yeah, it was like wyvern. <laughs> gatherns. Yeah, a gathern or a cavern, if you will. I just distinctly remember being told my whole life that uh, you can go back. We'll go get go get some more, even if I was full. So oh, yeah. early on, I developed this desire to go eat more food because food tastes amazing. It's all cooked. Food is pretty great. It's all cooked. <laughs> well, especially in in my family, it's all cooked in pork fat. Which is, oh, it's all cooked in port fat and yeah, cheese. Yeah, that'll change the situation. And beef fat. We had a beef farm, so we got free beef every year. Oh, that's, so, dude, that is such a southern uh-huh. thing. Oh, it is. It was a I dairy farm. I have, like, farm. two or three friends, yeah. like, in my in my close friend group <laughs> that, 
have at some point in uh-huh. their lives just had free beef given to them from these are also the same kids who have deer jerky at weird times of the year dude yeah that's that is yeah dude i you, I think you and I are thinking of the same person. We know, we know at least one person that's like that. Jones, if you're listening, hey, I'm talking Jones, to you, buddy. Love you, pal. Um, um, yeah, um, no, for real. Just showing up, and be like, hey, you want some teriyaki jerky? Uh, well, it's it's December, but yeah, sure, I guess. Uh, that's a that's a that's a vibe for December. It, it is ha- dried beef beef strips. <laughs> yummy so so i got to where um i would go back i would go first or i would go back so many times my family started making me go last at family gathering you know for whatever reason well because i was eating so much it began to get worrisome for me at a like a middle age middle school age um yeah we've talked about being bullied food became my comfort in my times of depression um (laughs) Damn. I would eat at all weird sorts of hours where people couldn't catch me eating so I could eat without feeling judged. Like I grab, I remember my mom caught me. I had just finished an entire bag. I was 13, an entire bag of Doritos. And I had the rest of the bag on my paper plate. Cause I'd wake up at five to cook myself breakfast and oh boy, what a breakfast I had of, of nacho cheese Doritos and eggs. I microwaved and uh she slung the plate like off the table because she was so mad that i was getting up early to do that but like pat i've struggled with my weight i've gone back and forth i have extreme and this could be a whole episode in and of itself but i have extreme um, i was gonna say (laughs) i have extreme like body dysmorphia i am convinced and this deals with this also deals with issues of sexuality too and that can we could reveal it we could we could take all these streams and and branches anywhere but i'll i'll try to stay on topic but i have forever known when i looked at the mirror that that's not who i am and that's not what's on the inside the me i see is not the me i want to present to the world yeah oh my god Dylan. and it it and it <laughs> and every time i would try to learn the control i i physically can't i will eat and be unable yeah. to stop myself. I don't know if you, I'm sure you have, um, where you do something and you feel like a prisoner. When I will overeat, I feel like a prisoner. I'm watching myself do it. My brain is screaming oh to my, my hands. My hand, yeah. is, my hand is going and my brain is screaming, stop, you have goals. But my body yeah. won't stop and I'll make myself sick. Yeah, and, Dylan, I, um... and I had to reach out for that. I haven't gone to anyone professional, but I told my wife, you know. I said, yeah. please, please stop me, help me. And I've never asked anybody to do that. Um, you know, my family doesn't want to overstep. Yeah. My family knows I'm fiercely independent and they don't want me. Oh, see, don't uh, r- remind me to <laughs> right, remind right. me of that in a second. Cause right. I will, I have a really good rebuttal to this. To fiercely independent or, uh, no, to all of this, okay, just, okay. but especially family in terms of like how it relates to it all. Yeah. Well, they, um, they sort of enabled my mom feels mm. guilty about it still uh yeah my mom doesn't well, know do you, t- what what's up you, no i was just gonna say it's just like how do you stop someone you know how like, do you f- that, something they have to do to live yeah, yeah yeah i know it's so hard to well especially i can uh, i can probably see from like a parent perspective yeah. how hard that might be they want you to enjoy especially when you're a child you want to you want a kid to enjoy what they're doing but not at the cost of their health. I had yeah. high blood pressure before I'd even pro- before I graduated high school. Yeah, dude. Because of because st- of stress, eating, and my weight. Like, yeah, dude. And then to compound all that with a, a an identity crisis every time you look in the mirror. And and to not be able to physically force yourself to say the words "please help me" until I'm almost thirty. Yeah. That is. Oh, like I told my, my wife helps me now. She physically helps me stop. Like, but that's yeah. because like we said, for that first step, I had to reach out and I did. And it wasn't until that point, it took years of people saying, you might have a disorder for me to sit back and say, okay, maybe <laughs> yeah. I have a disorder. Oh, what do fuck. I do? Yeah, dude. Even if I don't, oh, I need to get God. my life under control to some extent, as much as one can control one's life. You know, yeah, dude. and then to be obsessive um, too, 
where if one thing goes wrong, you spiral, which causes you to do the thing you're trying to control yourself not to do. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. It's, it feels Dude. like insanity. Holy shit, Dylan. You, um, <laughs> um, you hear the word like, and I want you to like, okay. let me f- finish saying what I'm saying before you get up, before you think get I'm upset, upset about, <laughs> no, no. Um, well, so what I wanted go to say it, is that it, like yeah. you have like triggered me, Ooh. but like not in a way that it's like, like, Oh, you know, fuck you. How dare you <laughs> more? So just like, um, Sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional. Um, no, it's okay if you, you do. have perk you. You've yeah. No, it's more so just because I don't want to lose what I'm trying to say. Um, in, in a way that uh, I'm trying not to get emotional, not because I don't want to be emotional, but just because I don't want to lose what I'm what I'm trying to say. I got here. you. I got you. Um, <laughs> I've never had someone um, as directly describe exactly what it is my struggle with weight has been um like like i've never i've never had someone perfectly articulate the feelings and insecurities and problems that i've had directly back to me mm-hmm. um in the way that you just have and i think that's very triggering for me because it's like uh it, it's like when someone reads you like a book and you're not ready for it oh yeah um, oh it's scary but yeah. i th- but i thank you for that because dylan i um to sort of do a, like a mirror image of what it was you were saying. Um, I too, you know, I, not to say like, Oh, like now here's my side of this. It's more like, um, <laughs> here's like to show you solidarity and like that experience. That's why um, I told you. That's why um, I told you. Go for I it. started, I've always had a bad relationship to food. Um, and we're, we'll make sure to have a content warning in the description of this episode yeah. so that people, you know, who That's have eating disorders uh, shouldn't listen to this if they're not comfortable talking about this sort of stuff. Um, we respect your boundaries. Yes, absolutely. Um, th- I have always had a bad relationship with food. When I was growing up, my parents... Um, I have a different kind of family than you do. Mm-hmm. My family is comprised of mostly health professionals Um, okay so my mom is a was a nutritionist and is a physical therapist um of course she and i have always sort of shared weight loss struggles weight struggles Mm -hmm. um it it wasn't until fairly recently that my mom got to a point in her life where she was happy with her weight wow um because she she just had some issues because of medication that she'd been put on for like her diabetes and stuff that's like a gen like a congenital or like a what's the word genetic um like she has genetic diabetes and like type one right yes oh well she does she has the one where she needs to or she maybe she doesn't produce enough insulin or maybe she produces too much insulin Mm -hmm. i don't remember it's one of the two um (laughs) Um, Again, we're not experts. (laughs) We're not (laughs) experts. My mom is, though. Um, uh, But she she is someone that has always had a struggle with that, and I've always had a struggle with it, too. Um, And so it was really hard. We had a really hard relationship growing up about that sort of stuff. Um, I remember my mom desperately trying to get me to become something that she thought she was, or trying to desperately prevent me from becoming something that yeah. she thought she was, oh, oh. which is screwed up oh, because God. my mom has always been beautiful to me. But right. like when you have a parent that is overweight saying, I'm hideous, I am ugly, you know, no one could ever look at my fat body and like it. Oh my God. And then you too are also overweight it is very hard to like yourself to that Um, point. Can I say that my mom did sort of the same thing in the opposite way? She was anorexic in high school. So mm -hmm. she tried to keep me from being anorexic and we swung the other way. (laughs) Go ahead. I just want to say that's very interesting that there's um, similar like body uh, image issues on different ends of that spectrum swinging together. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, my therapist and I have talked. I I will talk about my. Th- I'm never going <laughs> to apologize for saying my therapist ever again. No, nor should um, you. This is a no sh- therapist th- shame corner over here. <laughs> uh, 
my therapist and I talked about it a long time ago when I was first dealing with my eating disorder mm -hmm. in therapy about um, and we were talking about when is the time to reach out for help. Right. And um, something that she said that really stuck with me is that like you don't like I'm adopted. So I don't I didn't get my I didn't know depression that. and anxiety. Yeah, I'm adopted. So I didn't get my depression and anxiety from my parents. Right. But I did. Right. It's like, it, was, uh, it doesn't matter that, like, I don't have the predisposition genetically necessarily. But you were in What's community. more important is yeah. that I was in, yeah, exactly. I was surrounded by people that were anxious, that wow. didn't like their bodies wow. and treated themselves poorly. Um, but oh so anyways, I, I grew up having a bad relationship with food. Um, okay. And then I grew up having a bad relationship with exercise because I would go to the YMCA with my mom. Yeah. And there was a group of kids there that would oh. ferociously bully me. See, that um, so turns people away. You can't. Yeah, I've always been. I've always been mocked for public exercise. I remember this I joined a uh, fucking. Hey, real quick, <laughs> don't fucking yeah. bully people at the gym. You don't know what the fuck they're doing there. Back the yeah. fuck up. If you start bullying someone at the gym, I want to bully your ass. How's that sound? Yeah. No, Sorry. I go know. ahead. I agree 100. percent No, I'm gonna make you that. run laps, bully. To your fucking. I remember. Um, go ahead. I'm that nothing makes me angrier. They did it to me. They made fun of me for yeah. having the slowest mile. Ugh. Um, go ahead. No, dude. Um, I remember when I was in um, when I was in elementary school. I did the YMCA's basketball. Me league. too. Yeah. And I was on the bulls. There were like two or three kids on the team the first night of practice mm -hmm. that mocked me for how slow I ran. Oh man! And made fun of me in front of everybody. That's cool. <laughs> my mom said that promotes. My mom it. said nothing because she uh, couldn't. That promotes good, healthy competition. Nothing, nothing like emotional trauma <laughs> to really make you yeah. enjoy physical activity. Well done, kids. You you did it. Your your poison <laughs> that you've you've ingested from your parents you've you've poisoned other humans <laughs> good job yeah Go ahead. no that's um that's very true and <sighs> sorry th i'm upset i'm upset for you i, I dylan understand. that's okay it's okay um it's all sort of culminated into like my adulthood mm -hmm. where like my junior year of high school um i was going through a really traumatic difficult time in my life because of certain circumstances that i won't go into um, but I got so upset and yeah. fe felt like I was failing everyone so much Ugh. that I developed this eating disorder that I'd already kind of had a problem with, like as a younger person right. of like having a bad relationship with food, like stress eating, things Ugh, like that. The worst. Um, I developed binge eating disorder, right. kind of what you're talking about, yeah. um, where you can't stop. And when you were describing binging it was incredibly graphic for me because it was like it is exactly like you're describing it of like your bo your body goes on autopilot yeah. and you can't like you can't like mentally stop yourself you can't even rational even rationally knowing what you're doing mm -hmm. is bad mm -hmm. you cannot bring yourself to stop and i think whenever i gain it's 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 this is a this is ties back into the topic right. because well we're, we're talking when about when we ask for help for it yeah yeah, so my junior year, um, I gained some somewhere around 60 to 70 pounds. Wow. Wow. Over, like, the span of a year or two. Yeah. I mean, that's... Um, yeah. So from my sophomore year to the, end of my, to the end of my senior year, I gained, like, 60, 70, 80 pounds. A lot of weight. Right. Um, more than any person should gain in that amount of time. I feel you, bro. I feel um, you. At my heaviest... I won't say what I was, but at my heaviest, I was about 60 pounds heavier than I currently am now. Mm -hmm. And I am already obese. Um, and that's something that I'm working on and have been working on. Um, I knew I needed help. Right. <laughs> when my mom caught me several times, <laughs> like two or three in the morning. Yep. That's um, always when, isn't it? That's always when. Yeah. It's it's the sneaking time. It's oh. the time where you can get <laughs> the, away with it. The snack witching hour. It is the. <laughs> it's the grub witching hour. The gr um, grub witching hour. The sand yeah. witching hour. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We made it. It Go was. Ahead. Um, Sorry, I'm proud of that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, the sandwich. Okay, I missed that. That's for okay. A second. That's all right. I was like, "What is a sandwich?" <laughs> and then I, and then I was like, "Oh, sandwich." 
Hold I'm on, we'll wait. Fuck, we'll wait dude. for Pat to ride their bike back around the block. We'll get them on the. We'll get them on the return <laughs> trip. No sandwiching our. Wow, that's that's actually really brilliant. Uh, Thank I you. Missed it. Thank you. I yeah. You make me. I thought, you make me feel like a genius. I thought you were making a reference I didn't get, nope. and then immediately I was like, duh. Well, oh, sandwich. <laughs> Oh, you, you mean like makes plenty of sense, you mean like dude. bread with things between it? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with that. You're talking my language now. All right, go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, the only thing that got me back, uh, <laughs> the only thing, Dylan, that stabilized my eating disorder, mm-hmm. um, was one, I got therapy, right, and then two, um, I went vegetarian. Whoa, interesting. Um, okay. And it wa- that was originally I did that because my blood pressure was way too high, um, but that's mostly uh-huh. because of my heart disorder. But if I'm if I'm obese and eating poorly and my blood pressure is high because of my heart disorder, Jeez. that's not a good combination. That's like um, that's stacking every card against yourself that you can, you know. Yes, and uh, I'm not super physically active um, already, so. What I did is I said, okay, here's what needs to happen. I need to start removing the things that are, like, causing my body to, like, literally fall apart. Right. Um, And I realized that a large part of that was just because of my relationship with animal products. And (laughs) Dude, um, I feel that, man. Isn't that crazy? I feel that. Um, Yeah, that's – oh. And that's not to say that, like, oh, if you're you're having an eating disorder, you should go, you know – vegetarian that's an intensely personal decision yeah what the reason i did it and part of the reason and i realize this now is that i think a big reason why it helped me Mm -hmm. is because i finally gained control over the way i ate yeah telling i had a sense of ownership of what it was i was eating and why i was eating it and i could feel good and i noticed actual material effects of yeah. eating healthy yes um increased energy when I stopped, better sleep yeah, yes yeah. oh my mm-hmm. god um better sleep better you know digestive system mood improvement yes sex energy was a lot better yeah. everything vitality. was just better vitality yeah mm-hmm. and um that's mainly just because i was eating better it's not because yeah. i was eating plant-based no. but well, like the psychological yeah. aspect of having like you have an ownership over yes. your the way you eat yes. and the way that you consume changes that so fucking yes, much it does. instead of just like oh you can just there's this world this amalgamous world <laughs> of just all these foods look at all this freedom and choice look at all this freedom and choice when i removed yeah. choice mm-hmm. it made it so that i could eat more balanced yep. and f- and eat more healthy because yeah. like there's a difference between eating like um you know a steak mashed potatoes and mm-hmm. like two rolls versus eating like asparagus a bunch of like soybeans <laughs> a bunch of like b- like baked baked yams yep. st- things like well, what that. you just said like, yeah like you just said the difference is those micronutrients the things your body actually needs exactly you know? and so that was oh, God. that was the moment i realized i needed help dylan yeah. was that moment when things were just so out of control for yeah. me that i needed to shut off what i was doing mm-hmm. and just like put a fucking wrench in yeah. it, throw a fucking wrench in it, dude. Um, so I, I think it's hard to say right. to answer the the first part of this question that we sort of um, snapped off of it. You right. Know? Um, it's hard to say where it is the right time to ask for help. I will the say the right time yeah. to ask for help is when people. I think the right time to ask for help is when people that care about you tell you you need help. Or if you are self aware, I like that a lot because when other people notice is when and you haven't or you haven't admitted it, that's a great place. That's when you know. Another great place is if you're self-aware enough to catch it early and take agency enough to ask for help early before it snowballs. A hundred percent. Dylan, I think the the right answer to this question is not like, you know, this time or that time. It it really is just that we should be making it more normal to seek out help. We should be making it normal. We should stop. In me, there is such a desire to teach myself, my friends, and upcoming generations that you are not weird. There is an inherent weirdness. You're going to feel a weirdness when you reach middle school age, when you start trying to jockey for position amongst your peers. That's normal. But 
But within that, you're going to find things about yourself that you think are, other people are going to think is weird. If you can accept that early, you will save yourself the heartache of doing it, in my case, when you're 30. Um, you yeah. don't want to do that. Because let me tell you, it's a lot it's a lot more difficult to look at your loved ones and say, hey, I like this. Hey, I'd like to do this. I'd like to uh, present myself this way. It's a lot harder because you have now almost three decades of built up silence. You have <laughs> yeah. silence calluses. Oh my God. You have the callus of 30 years of saying, I don't matter enough to do that. Dylan, we, we, we've got to have an episode <laughs> about gender presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sh- absolutely. Um, soon. It works, it works I, I with mean, food like, too. Um, because as far as presenting oneself in any way that aesthetically pleases you, because that is your choice, right? Like you get to determine if you are aesthetically not pleased by yourself and you want to change something, you shouldn't feel weird about wanting to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. you should do it. And if you find you don't like it, you should be okay going back to whatever you want to do. Um, as far as like changing things about your diet, you know what I mean? Right, and what was right, right. what's interesting, Pat, is I thought about this not while you were talking, but as I was saying my spiel about it. What I found interesting is I told my parents finally, sort of, about feeling like I have an eating disorder. And my dad called me, which is unusual because my dad mm. and I dad doesn't do a lot of emotional talks. You know, he doesn't, he has emotions. He's a very emotionally intelligent person, but he hides it. And he's, (laughs) he's incredibly wise and caring and very sensitive and just an all around good person that you'd want to, you want to be around my dad. My friends thought he was so cool. He was the cool dad and I was the loser son. And I was like, you know what I mean? Like, let's go hang out with Dylan's dad. And I guess Dylan will be there too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But he called me when I told them about this. And he said, you know, your great-grandfather struggled with this. Your grandfather still struggles with this. I struggled with it. And I'm sorry to see that you are too. Now, I don't want you to go to a doctor. And then we got into that spiel and whatever. Uh I don't agree with him on that, but I understand he was trying to prevent me from labeling it. In his mind, labeling it gives it power. When I actually find the opposite, when there, when you don't label something, you can't, you can't identify it. So then it has all the power over you because it knows more about you than you do about it. You give it a yeah. label, you can eliminate it because you know where to start. You can make a plan. But anyway, I, I thought that was so fascinating that they knew. And no one ever told me that that was not only in my family and possibly genetic, but there's also, to me, there is a an emotional and spiritual component to it that we could have been dealing with this whole time, but instead we yeah. never did. They just said, hey, pull your bootstraps up and get through it. You know what I mean? Pull your bootstraps up. Yeah, dude. hitch them up. Yeah, wow. So don't do that. That would be another That's, part of um, how to know how to seek help is don't trust that you can do it all on your own because – you're not built to do it oh on your God. own. You're really not. That is one of the greatest failures of American individualism. And American is exceptionalism the, is to think you can do it ex- yourself. Ex- exactly. Yes, it's, it's this DIY attitude that is incredibly destructive. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, to describe yeah. um, a really, like, non-toxic form of DIY is, like, DIY music. Okay? Right. Um I mean, there are toxic aspects of that world. Yeah. Like, if you talk to people that do DIY music, it's all about the collective. It's about how do we, how do we give different artists a platform? How do we help one another? Right. You know, if I'm going to this place, can I stay at your house? Can you put me up on this bill? Yes. Things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a form of do-it-yourself that it's not like, oh, you as an individual do it yourself. It's, hey, let's do it ourselves. Yeah. The thing is, the thing about mental health that's so incredibly screwed up is that it's we are so isolating in the way that we look at it of like you have this terrible unique experience (laughs) and it's going to it's going to completely blow your therapist out of the water and they're having no idea you are so unique and you are so troubled and it's like 
there is something beautiful about feeling unique right. in that situation. It's like, oh, I have a, you know, I have, a, you know, my own specific little problem. Mm-hmm. But there's also something to be said about realizing, like, no, like, there are other people that share in this same issue and the same problem. There are apparatuses that can help you. I remember that um, right. I, 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 me and my brother are nine years apart. And so when I grew up as a kid, he and I never really had a brother relationship. It was more like, oh, um, man. it was more like a, like my, both of my siblings, my sister and my brother are like mm-hmm. parent, like a second set of parents to me. But right. when I turned around like 16, 17, 18, that's when me and my brother really got closest because it was like, finally, we're speaking on the same level. We're understanding each other. It's, um, it's the same with me and, and my I remember brother. My brother's trying now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's 21. I remember when I was around. Years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny because I'm, yeah, it's yeah. like, I remember when I was 18, I went to... St. Louis, where my brother lives, mm-hmm. to see Rory Scovel with him. <laughs> um, and I stayed at his place. And I remember one night we go to this, um, like, cannoli shop in Saint, downtown St. <laughs> Louis. I don't remember what it was. It was, like, this bakery, and it had really good cannolis. And we just sat there for, like, two and a half hours, and we just talked. Yeah. Because we'd never done that before. Right. And there's something that my brother said to me that really just, like, messed with me and still does to this day, which, of course, he's changed and, you know, has, you know... <laughs> kind of giving himself more of a, you know, more of a chance. But something that right. he said to me is that, you know, like, I feel like I might have a certain problem or like, you know, like he did. I'm not going to say what he said. He right. felt like he had, sure. but he felt like he had a certain mental disorder yeah. that was causing him a lot of strife. And he said to me, like, but that doesn't matter. Like, I don't oh. need to get help. I'm fine. And it's so screwed up that we teach people that you have to have something seriously wrong with you to receive therapy. That you have to be experiencing psychopathy. Exactly. Everyone should have therapy. Because therapy is like so... uh, Everyone should have access to therapy. Right? Like that's the work. You are working on you. You are digging into the inner self and wrestling out all the knots. Or Men enjoy- especially yes. should get therapy. That's why we see so many manipulative and abusive people. Yeah. I know that I used to be incredibly manipulative. Yeah. And I definitely had some like emotionally abusive and manipulative tendencies when I was a mm-hmm. teenager because I never received the help to realize that like what I was doing was wrong. And yeah. I was using my own emotions to control other people. And oh, it wasn't until sure. a therapist like sat me down and said like, you don't realize like what it is you're doing here mm-hmm. is like terrible. And if we just had a world that like, that was like, Hey, it's okay to be a little screwed up. Everyone's <laughs> a little screwed up. Let's like sit down and talk to them about like sit down and talk about it. And it doesn't cost like a billion dollars right. to get therapy. Oh my God. And like, we could actually fund Amen. it because like, you know, we <laughs> care about our country or something like that. If we cared about our citizens. Yeah. Each other over money and power, you know, it's a it's crazy how um the idea of a utopia is like oh people like don't want to kill themselves dude in in this country <laughs> yeah, in this country the idea of <laughs> utopia is hell for the majority of those making decisions yeah. it is literal hell for them why because you can't bind yeah. someone like by their life to do what you tell them they to do they have like, spent their lives amassing treasure and now the dwarves have found your mountain hideout and you're desperately scared they're gonna melt your gold down and stab you with a spear arrow they're afraid of that they're all (laughs) smug they're all smug they are that's a great um uh uh, charlie allen Mm -hmm. quote from one of his songs read the whole hobbit thought smug was the good guy oh my god yeah, exactly. I was like, well, why would he want to give up his gold? He found it. Well, no, he didn't. He stole okay. it. <laughs> he stole it, dude. Yeah, you missed the point of we, the Hobbit. We have, we have fed them. We have fed them for a thousand years, baby. Yeah. It is time to claim what is rightfully ours. And I, I um, hope that happens. I am optimistic to think it might, but realistic enough not to hold my breath. Um, Dylan, to move on sure, to the next yes, part of this question. Um, how do you reach out? 
for help once you've realized you need it. Oh, okay. Um, that is kind of a different animal, mm-hmm. I think, because it's like... Um, I'll go ahead and I'll, sure. I'll uh, talk on this Dive for a minute. I, um, I have had moments in my life... Um, being an anxious person, yeah. I have thought many times that my friends just hated me. <laughs> um, I feel that. There was a time my freshman year of college where... Um, I distinctly remember thinking, oh my God, literally everyone in my friend group <laughs> hates me. Yeah, been there. And like, it's not even like they were mad at me no. or I did anything that could make them mad. No. It's just like, you know, they didn't invite, they, like like someone didn't invite me to something right. or, you know, someone didn't respond to my call or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something, uh, something in hindsight was very egotistical in a way. Yeah. Um, but... I remember thinking, oh, my God, all my friends hate me. I'm losing all my friends. You know, no one wants to be my friend anymore. (laughs) And um, the thing that sort of wraps around back to, like, how do you reach out for help? Um, It's difficult to say. It depends on what it is. But for this particular instance, I literally just had to say, like, there was a wall in front of me that was like, you can't tell anybody, like, what it is you're feeling because people are going to be mad uncomfortable. Right. But then there was th- there's a moment where I like flint like you have to get over the flinch or like someone says like like you have to get past that threshold yeah. guardian yeah um, and just say fuck it and just like boom here's what's going on help me someone help me um, there's and I think that there's like an, a delicate balance between asking mm-hmm. people for help yeah. and asking people to fix your situation yes there's a big difference um, we've talked about that a lot over the past yes. few weeks is the difference between please help me and please fix me. They are not the same thing. Fixing yeah. fixing is not helping. Fixing is mostly just aesthetic, even if it's internal. Uh, yeah. I find it. So your brain looks pretty to you, but it's not actually like fixing it. I don't have a good example, so I'm not going to give one, but that's, that's really it. Um, but <laughs> it's, um, it's, re- it's like, um, it's like patching up surface mm-hmm. cracks without, uh, oh, acknowledging yeah. the deeper problem. Yeah. It's like, it's like plugging a hole in a sinking ship with an ice cube. Uh, literally perfect. Um, yeah, it's literally the perfect <laughs> analogy. Um, the ice is going to melt and then you're still going to be sinking. Uh, yeah. Um, to reach out for help, I think, is something that is one of the most difficult mm-hmm. things to decide to do yeah. or to feel comfortable doing. Uh, if you're anything like me, uh, the thought of encumbering anybody yeah. with your issues or problems is so paralyzing and terrifying that you often don't do it. Um, oh, yeah. Or we if you're anything, touched on this the first. If you're anything like me, you'll say a lot of things around the issue because you're so scared. Oh, you're so my scared God. of saying the real thing. Because if you do, then you're exposed on some level. So let's 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 take a second here. So the the second part is what? Uh, how do you reach out? Let's talk about yeah, some how ways. How do you reach out? Let's talk about some ways help. that are probably not good, Pat. Uh, I would say a, a wrong way, or not a wrong way, a way that could cause harm to someone else. You know what? I will say that's wrong. Is lashing out. That is a, that's a cry for help. Absolutely. That's a cry for help. But if you're lashing out, you've let it go on so long that you don't know how else to get someone's attention, right? So that would be – that's something I'm known to do when I'm really upset about something is I'll just suppress mm-hmm. it until I lash out. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when I'm crying for help. I need someone to help. And by that, it's normally just listening to me say, hey, I didn't like that. Really, it boils down yes. to I didn't like that. I need your help, and by the help I need from you is for you to either change this behavior or we need to talk through it so where I can understand why you do this behavior. So if we'd start there. Lashing yeah. out is a terrible yeah. is a is a terrible thing to do, mm-hmm. and it's I've fallen victim to sure. it. I, I um even recently I, I you know I've been through transitional mm-hmm. moments in my life where I get so frustrated with how things yeah. are going that I do, I do lash out. Um, oh, it's, it's totally to answer, as a, I hate to say it's normal, sort of a, but it, it, yeah, 
but in a way it, it it's kind of kind of is it's normal. not weird um, i will say that it is doesn't not doesn't mean weird. it's right yeah, it's not weird if you lash out you have joined the ranks of nearly all of humanity if you have lashed <laughs> out at someone you love you shouldn't have done it but i do not hate you and i do not judge you yes. for it that's probably but like the transhumanists say <laughs> part of human existence is to excel beyond our current step yeah. like our is to excel beyond our current potential for humanity oh, of like sure. what it is we yeah. are and again this show is is a, is a podcast that is devoted to becoming better yeah. so you know make an effort another oh, for sure. uh, way that's not so great about or another way that's not so great in terms of how to get help mm-hmm. is um through distance um, oh pulling away yeah pulling away is not a good way um and i just say that Mm-mm. not as like oh how dare you shame on you i know it's very easy to and some for someone who used to lash out a lot more and did distancing as a solution to lashing yeah, out yeah same here um it's not it, it is a different side to the same coin it, it's also not sustainable to pull away because eventually people will find you uh and you've just prolonged your own suffering <laughs> it's all you've done yeah it's actually it's very <laughs> self-destructive yeah um because it's like saying please get away from me i beg you not to help Yes, like, please don't. I me. beg of yeah. you not to help because you can't handle it. Um, right. I can handle the it. The last... Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can handle it, but like you getting close to me is like a when problem. When you've done nothing but prove your entire life that you can't handle it either. Like, yeah. if you tried together, you might come to some kind of solution, but neither one of you can handle it. Anyway, go ahead. Um, no, I totally, Dylan. That's, I mean, that's perfect. Um. The, the the thing I was going to say is that, like, I'm kind of in a place right now mm-hmm. where I'm trying – I'm going through a hard part of my life right now. Yeah. Um, I won't get into details about it. I'm just going through kind of a weird transitional part in my life right mm-hmm. now. And a thing that's making it really hard – actually, I think a lot of people are due to COVID. Oh, um, God. COVID has made this so blatant. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Um, it's all right in your hands. You can't ignore yeah. it. Um, <laughs> you, I think that – You're left alone um, with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're literally yes you're literally trapped in like a white room in an interrogation table and on the other side of the table is like reverse you oh, yeah and it's like hey what the, <laughs> it's the <laughs> mirror on your you shoulder. yeah mirror you um but what i was gonna say is that um another thing is like i i i've been in a situation recently where i have friends that i've been trying to like you know, I, I, I'm trying to like do something different for a change yeah. in a time like this where I actually do try to contact yeah. people and like form positive relationships with Wonderful. friends that I might not be talking to as much. Yeah. Um, the thing that's hard about that is I am noticing recurring problems from my past wherein like I apologize mm-hmm. for speaking my mind like oh, at all. Oh, goodness. Um, one of my friends, um, I will just be like, hey, like, I need to rant to you about yeah. something that's going on in my life. Yeah. And she'll be like, yes, absolutely. I am down to listen and hear, and I'll give you, you know, if you need to talk. Like, literally, like, should be hosting this show level nice <laughs> and, like, like emotional intelligence. Yeah. And I'll just be talking to her. And then, and then, like, literally, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is so much, and I'm, like, really sorry. I shouldn't have, like, mm-hmm. come to you about this. I shouldn't have, like involved you in this in any way shape or form and she every single time she'll be like like literally what the (laughs) what are you talking about what the farts what the farts are you talking about pat i want to help you you're my friend and i'm like i'm here to hear you like i'm here to hear you talk like i i want to help and i you know i care about you and i'm your friend and like the thing is like (laughs) i find that if you build a support system preemptively before you're going through some hard yeah. shit, which is like, that's hard to like to do that. It is. Like it's hard to be like, it's hard to be like, Oh, like I need to build a good support system yeah. when you're like doing fine. Right. But like, if you focus your friendships and your relationships on like finding good people that like are there for you because you're there for them, you know, whenever you're going through the hard stuff, yeah. they will make it obvious to you mm-hmm. that 
then then and there is where you need to reach out yeah. for help. I have friends that um, as soon as I give any indication that I'm kind of going through something, like it, whether it's through just my mannerisms or the way that I'm talking, they're like, hey, like, do you need to talk about something? Is something going on? It's incredible. And that's something like you're going to have to force yourself to say, you know what? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I think that like, it's so easy to hear that and be like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> right. It's so easy. Right. It's yeah. it's almost like a flex. It's almost like a reflex response for me to be like, no, I'm fine. Well, it's, it seems to be current. Like, I don't know when I noticed it, but it seemed to be about five years ago or so when I noticed that people younger than me by about five years would say these incredibly emotionally vulnerable things. And the period on their thought was I'm fine. In fact, they use it so much it's a joke now, like a really easy joke to say, I'm fine, everything's yes. fine, and they've got, like, the saddest face in the world. Like, we got to yes. – I genuinely that think you got to eliminate it. Yeah, I feel like we have to eliminate that to some extent because what you're saying I is I'm agree not 100%, fine. Dylan. You're saying – everything you said is I'm not fine, and then at the end, there's no sense of irony or detachment from it either. They're just saying I'm fine because they genuinely think they're – on some level, everyone that I've met that's younger than me, much like myself, thinks they're burdening everyone by talking about yes. their life. There's a um, meme that goes you – know, like there's a, there's a system of memes that sort of has grown – like I used to participate in heavily right. that I've grown to hate <laughs> and loathe. And it's like the world of like I'm going to mix shoot myself or like – I'm going to, oh, you know, like, I want to commit not alive or commit scooter ankle. And oh it's like, God. no, it is funny because yeah, it's cause like are, funny yeah. word plays. And it's like, no one would ever say that. It's in a like a context. sand uh, witching hour. It's like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Or it's <laughs> like saying, um, it, or it's like saying, I'm going to switch my font to sans alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something like what? that. Um, which it's like, that's funny. That's funny. But like also... Like, it's coming from a group of people that are very vulnerable um, and very, like, yeah. um, like g our generation, Gen Z, the one that I'm part yeah. of, um, um, I'm, like, right at the cutoff, um, <laughs> uh, is, like, we've kind of created this dialogue in the way that, like, we express ourselves of, like, yeah, I'm really depressed. Yeah, I'm really upset. Because the world has, like, taught us that, like, We've been so oversaturated with media and emotions and, and you know, like dark, difficult history yeah. that's like happening right in front of us yeah. that it's like, yeah, I do want to die, but does that really matter? It's almost like an absurdism. I was going to say, it's, an, it's, it's like, a nihilistic view. Uh, yes, it is nihilistic. It's very nihilistic. Um, we're kind of reaching into this, uh, and I've sort of reached into this world of like absurdism right. of like this, like... Like I live because I'm in defiance of that stupid concept of li of being alive, <laughs> or like, or like right. that. Like, uh, I think it was Camus, maybe who said. It? I don't know who said it. It's uh, some philosopher was like, 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 why would you not kill yourself? <laughs> why would you not commit suicide? There's no meaning to any of right. this. But like, wouldn't it be fucking hilarious and crazy if you, if you just said fuck it and just lived? <laughs> and it's like. That's such a beautiful thing because, like, absurdum is, like, this crazy, bold rejection of nihilism right. that's, like, fuck you for saying that there's nothing to any of this. Yeah. There is so much, and that's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, or there's nothing, and it's hilarious. Like, um, I know a, a lot I of think absurdist comedians whose whole bit is, like, nothing has meaning and that's the funniest thing i've ever heard and i may not agree with them but boy do they make some funny things i mean they really do i think that um i think that the next step in the world and i think why we're seeing so much radicalism is because people are starting to realize that like these big questions yeah. of like who is god of like what's the meaning mm -hmm. of life you know those things are starting to not matter anymore because what matters is what the fuck is happening right in front of yeah. us right now? What's that we can tangibly change? The moment, right? That Whoa. Zen idea right. of the present. Um, what's right in front of me? What do I see? What's my, you know, what's the, what's on the horizon is not nearly as believe important. Believe it or not, that's as uh, to me that's biblical. Like, yeah, like Jesus said, don't worry about. 
tomorrow. Today has enough troubles of its own, right? We are reaching yeah. the great turning point yeah. right now. Um, we are seeing a world of people um, that are... I, I mentioned this to you at one point where I said that like people like you, Dylan, but also like people like Charlie and Becca from uh, Youth Group Survivor Support Group you guys like not all of you are religious no. i know that charlie's not religious no. and i don't know what becca's beliefs are becca's um, uh, agnostic yeah. agnostic well perfect um but what i was going to say is that like those two and you are closer to christ mm. than like self-proclaimed christians i've heard that a lot like some this past few years and, and yeah. That's something that, like, I think we're seeing this new horizon, this new paradigm shift in this current generation of, like, millennials and Gen, Gen yeah. Z, where it's like, no, like, not, like, not everything's a competition. Not everything no. is about dominance. No. We all need to come up together. And that's something that I love about Charlie's new album yeah. that you guys should all check coming out. Coming up together. The, the, yeah. the title, We're All Coming Up Together, um, which is so true. It's beautiful. Like, we, we are reaching, like, <laughs> I don't want to say, like, revelations like the end times, but, like, the old world will die. Yeah. And we will be on the top of it with our fists held high, holding the severed head of selfishness and <laughs> bitterness. And the first step to joining that cause is realizing your own inherent value mm -hmm. and being able to accept that you need to reach out yeah. to someone. Um I'm going to make sure that we put the suicide hotline yeah, um, and some do. LGBTQ hotlines yeah. in the um, description for this video or for this uh, podcast in particular, this episode. Um, Absolutely. Because reaching out for help is like, it's really hard you guys. And that's coming from both yeah. me and Dylan, who from what I know about Dylan, we've both had it pretty hard in terms of realizing our yeah. own, Breaking through our own threshold garden. And you got you um, got to know, guys. We want you here. Like, we need you. Here. Yeah. More importantly, we need you. You have a place and a story, and you matter. I don't know who's not telling you that enough, but you'll hear it from mm. me and Pat that you matter. I don't care. Uh, one of my favorite songs is by a band called Me Without You, and it's. I think it, I believe I fucking yeah, love me. With I believe the song is called a, a forgiveness song. Um, but mm -hmm, the, the mm -hmm. lyrics are, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. What if, what if your old man did you wrong and his old man did him wrong? If you care to sing forgiveness songs, come down and join our band. We'll cut you like a sword and sing forgiveness songs. And that's, that's what I believe in a nutshell. You come, you come here. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you think you are. Well, I do care who you think you are, but I don't care the bad part of who you think <laughs> you are. You have. You I don't, we don't care yeah. about that no. negative reflection that you that is in the room. No, we just you. want you around. So we're gonna put those links up. And uh, yeah. Um. Absolutely, mm -hmm. Dylan. I um. I think we got think some so. really good stuff here yeah. today. Um. This is a topic. <laughs> I think we could talk about this for hours oh, for and hours. Sure. But yeah, um, but the ultimate thing I think, Dylan, mm -hmm. that you you just said, and that I, I kind of wanted to sort of reiterate is that like you are a part of this new yeah. world, and you are a valuable asset yeah. to 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 this absurd existence. Mm -hmm. You deserve to be that rejection of cold death and nihilism. Yeah. You are more than that. You actually do have inherent you value. Do. And I don't care how ironic you want to be. When you say those things to yourself of wanting to be dead and wanting to not exist and that you're not important, just know that that's a bitter fucking lie that they're all telling to yeah. you. That's a, you bought it. Stop buying it. You stop bought buying it, it. Stop buying it. Um, cool thing about buying it. Yeah, 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 go for it. Go, go, go. I uh no 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 um go ahead and I I was gonna say we could plug but you sh you should say what you're gonna say yeah, first. Yeah, the cool thing about buying things is you can stop. You don't have to. It's not like no, gas or milk. No. <laughs> Speaking of plugs, uh, I don't really have any. As always, you can listen to Youth Group Survivor Support Group, which is also available anywhere podcasts are downloaded. You 
the best podcast <laughs> in the world. Thank you so much. <laughs> One of them. Thank you so much. That that is awesome. Um, you can, if you have a question you'd want us to try to anonymously answer, you can email our show at mighty nice email at gmail.com that's uh mighty nice email at gmail.com spelled just like it sounds no spaces um all questions will be read anonymously anonymously, yes submit Mm -hmm. whatever you want whatever you want to hear Um, us uh dive deeply into and tear apart and, and tangent and do bits on that that we will that we will do um be on the lookout. You can go to makethirdcoastdostuff.com and you can donate to any performer there. I'd prefer if you donated to me because I'm almost at level two and I'd like to be able to keep doing challenges. The chicken nugget video was fun. Uh, you can watch that on YouTube. Uh, those are all very paltry things you can do in comparison to supporting Black Lives Matter. Um, right. As always, uh, Black Lives do matter and you should defund the police uh so take time to find places you can get involved even if it's as little as sending five bucks to a bail fund uh it's not even little saying it's little feels bad a cord of three or more strands is not easily broken and your five dollars could mean the difference between someone wrongfully arrested being released and staying behind bars so So whatever you have to give in whatever way you find fit to do that, do that. And those are my plugs. Amazing. Um, Justice for George Floyd, justice for Breonna Taylor. Arrest those fucking Uh, cops. They murdered someone. Justice for Elijah McClain. Um, Yeah, they're not even police officers. They are murderers. Um, And they deserve to be recognized as such. We are human beings. It doesn't matter what job Mm -hmm. title you have. If you kill another human being, you're doing it because you see their value. Their their life is inherently less valuable right. than yours. Um, uh, yeah. Um, justice for any victim of police brutality mm-hmm. or racism over the last 400 years. Um, we need to repair the damage that's been done yeah. and erect a new world in its place. Um, uh, I echo everything that Dylan said about... Um, Black Lives Matter, please donate to those sources first. Um, your local bail funds will do a great deal of change. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have money left over, um, feel free to go to my band's page, The Low Blow, um, and check out our merchandise. Um, all of the proceeds that are made from our merchandise being sold are going to the Nashville Bail Fund to help um, protesters mm-hmm. and people that have been um, imprisoned in Nashville um, to be bailed out um yeah um and check out our music if you want (laughs) that's cool whatever you want to do uh also check out danger jr on instagram and Mm -hmm. youtube uh that is my crazy wackadoodle um improv and sketch and comedy group i guess if you want to call it any of those things (laughs) it Um, fits one of those i won't tell you which one one but it does fit one of them um also, check out Buddy Quest on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the D&D podcast that I do with uh, some friends based out of New York, Virginia, England, all, all over America. Um, <laughs> and, and the world. Uh, we, and the world. Uh, yeah. England, England and America. America. <laughs> uh, all over America, all over England. Um, it is a wonderful podcast with some wonderful people and some fun adventures. Uh, definitely be sure to tune in. Um I think that's it for this episode, yeah. guys. Um, Dylan, that was a wonderful, very moving conversation yeah, was. Uh, to have with you. And it really has provided me with some great platitudes that I will continue <laughs> to m- mantra, to meditate on over this week. Um, let's go ahead and uh, do our what sign What we out. say again? <laughs> Until next time, be, be mighty, mighty nice, nice to, to each, each other. other.